welcome to episode five. It's the Scottish Highland Special. Um, that's episode five of the Chief Wellbeing Officer podcast, renowned. Um, and uh, Stephen and I were in the Highlands of Scotland, the, the very wintry Highlands of Scotland, mid-January. Um, in fact, we're in the Highlands of Scotland on the 21st of January. January is typically, over the last 100 years, the coldest day um, every year throughout history. And once again, we were in deep snow. Cars were slithering off roads and um, people were, 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 were just, just surviving. Um, I was there because I was celebrating my 50th uh, birthday. So looking forward to moving into the, the second half of, 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 um, of my life. And, and Stephen also was, happened to be um, ensconced up at the Glasgow School of Arts, uh, world famous Forays uh, campus. And, and getting together in the Highlands was, was a very special moment, deep snow, and surrounded by lots of people from our from our past and looking forwards to the future. Yeah, it was a great trip, Rory. Um, it was a great party, a Cayley, Scottish traditional Cayley with kilts and whiskey and, and all the rest of it. Um, and, uh, and, and, and it was good just to reflect on, on how special a place, you know, Scotland in general, but particularly the Scottish Highlands. So it's interesting but the Glasgow School of Art, you know, an institution that has been around since, I think, 1830, you know, steeped in history, Charles Rennie Mackintosh designing the, you know, the main building in Glasgow. Uh, but then making that move to, to build a campus in, in forests near, near Inverness. Um, and many people, and, and as we go through in this episode and, and some of the people that we've talked to, you know, the, the, there's perhaps a, a, a belief that there's a, a compromise in being in a very remote area of a country, perhaps less infrastructure, um, maybe even less public services. But there's so you know many special things about that part of the world, and I think that was very much uh, evident in in the weekend that, that we were there for for your party. And even think about your your parents, Rory. Right? I mean, you um, you know they, they they lived around the world, really did have experience of. Of, of you know uh, South America and and, and the Antarctic and, and and many wonderful places, but they chose to raise their family and and, and live in the Scottish Highlands and near Aviemore. And and I know it's a very special place for you. Um, so you know what, why is that? What does it offer? Well, the Cairngorms are a very special place, and even though the mountains aren't very high, they only go up to about you know fifteen hundred meters. Scotland, of course, um, I don't know if you should say benefits from a maritime climate, but because we're an island and the north of Scotland is relatively far north, um, the weather is um, very difficult to predict and very changeable and, and it's very windy. And so you get very much Arctic conditions and people, climbers, and travelers from all over the world, they come just to be in the north of Scotland and experience polar conditions, even though they're still basically in Europe. It also means that it attracts a very special group of people around and about. We like to call them the geriatives. Um, these are people, my parents' age, they're in their high 80s. And on an average day in the winter, they'll be skiing. They'll be skiing to the shops. Um, when the ice melts, they'll be rowing and canoeing 
They'll be up in the hills. And my mother actually lives on an island which is accessible only with a narrow causeway. And quite often when the when the snows melt, uh, my mother's completely um, the house is inaccessible. And she frequently swims. She swims away from the house in order to get to the shops and she she likes it to be inaccessible. She says it keeps away unwanted visitors. <laughs> so I think it's a special place, but it attracts a very eclectic group of people and, and not just Scots, uh, a sort of multicultural, multi-ethnic group um, group there up in the up in the Spey Valley in, in Badenoch. Yeah, and that, that's well-being right there, right? If you talk about you know the quality of life remaining active into your later years. Um, you know, we know the importance of you know the physical for for mental health and things like that. And even just remembering that 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 weekend and just looking at the sky, you know that 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 track we 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 walked to to get the bus to your party. And I remember looking up and just seeing the stars, right? And it's like it's it's, it's a funny thing, but you know we are we are many places around the world, but many cities which are affected by light pollution. And we may look look at the sky and we may see a star or two. Uh, and in many cases, it's a plane. <laughs> so actually, I really remember that evening because looking up, it was just a multitude of stars. And it, it just really did take my breath away. And I don't think that happens uh, very often uh, these days. And especially later in life, when you're so busy with work and family and all these things, just taking that pause. So I think even for that that small reason, you know, and, and, and that's that a very distinct memory for me. And it's another example of it being a very special place. I like the fact that when you're in Scotland, when you're in the north of Scotland in the islands in winter, the elements win. Um, you know, we've we've sort of designed ourselves to be isolated from the environment. And the only way to to thrive in the north of Scotland or in that in that kind kind of topography and environment is to ally um and have an alliance with nature rather than trying to isolate yourself from nature. You remember who you are. Remember how insignificant you are. You look up at the sky, the roads are blocked, it's cold, it's snowy. And you realize a good part of well-being is, is being present and remember where you are. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and even thinking when you're talking about the weather, especially in January, a lot of that is resilience, right? Um, and just being out there and, and experiencing those conditions, a lot of people may think it's... You know, even if you think we're in Barcelona today, there's been heavy rain in Barcelona and the whole city comes to almost a standstill. Um, and, and people don't tend to go out, even in terms of athletics, if it's raining. You don't get so many people going out on the bike or running on the mountain here. Whereas if that was the case in Scotland, then no one would ever go out, right? So there's just an attitude there to just deal with the conditions. Uh, I think there's a bit more resilience in that. Um, and I think you need to look at it positively rather than looking at it in, in a negative sense. As they say in Scotland, there's not, there's never bad weather. There's just bad clothing. Absolutely. Um, so that's great, Rory. I mean, this, this, the main content of this podcast is talking to a number of people who were at the Glasgow School of Art Winter School in the Forest Campus. You're talking about the diversity of people that usually converge in the Highlands, and that was certainly true of of the Winter School. There was faculty and students from Germany, from Singapore, from France. Uh, we've got a number of conversations lined up which are very interesting, which look at this same theme on why the Scottish Highlands is a, is a special place 
uh, and a lot of the focus on that uh, week is on design uh, and design thinking. There's a lot of design students there, but also business students who haven't previously been exposed to the design process. Uh, and I know that you're just back from Sao Paulo, Rory, and you were teaching design thinking to executives uh, from Telefonica over there. So how did that go? Well, first of all, it was it was very surreal to go from the windswept Arctic highlands of Scotland, arriving in Sao Paulo, 30 degree heat, midsummer, city getting prepared for, for carnival, street fairs, samba music, heat, monsoon rain in the afternoons. Um, and I'd flown in from Scotland. Um, I certainly had to adapt quick. We were running design thinking for executives. So we had to ensure that we had one day where we could give a, a, a deep dive um, focused idea of what design thinking means and how it can help executives and to, to assure executives that it was more than just about designing processes. It, it was something where we would help ex executives with their empathy again, with their, with their presence, with their observation in the world and how they can improve themselves, improve their processes, of course, but also improve themselves uh, as leaders and, and empathize with clients. So it was it was a great week. Um, and we were all out of our comfort zones, actually, delivering this week together. Um, but I think we made some 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 big transformations. That's a really interesting, Rory. And I, and I think there's a great potential in design for management, design for leadership. Uh, and I think it's something that we're going to, you know, it's in the Chief Wellbeing Officer book. And, and it's something I'm sure that we'll have a lot of conversations over the course of this year. So here it is, this is episode five. This is the Scottish Highland Special. Enjoy. So Gordon, end of the first week of winter school, happy with how things are going? Yeah, extremely. I mean, uh, it's the it's the largest winter school we've had. So we now have four schools coming: uh, Glasgow, Cologne, Copenhagen, and now Odensea, Nantes, in France. Um, and each of those schools is exploring in a different way the the way in which design plays a role in the creation of value in people's lives, whether that value be monetary or more than monetary. Um, so it be cultural, it can be aesthetic, it can be simply making people happier in, in the execution of something. Um, and so at the midpoint, they've all been out, they've visited various sites around the highlands, from Pluskadon Abbey, as the home of the Benedictine monks, through to uh, ancient ruins and monuments, and they've been identifying ways in which next week they will come to communicate those through uh, a short video presentation about the future heritage, so they're turning the, the, the present into a kind of resource for Sorry, turning the past into a resource for the present as it, as it considers the future. So it's been a busy, it's been a busy week, but I think we've enjoyed it and the students have enjoyed it. So yeah, perfectly happy with things so far. Um, it's a really good uh, dynamic that I just observed yesterday. You know, like 120 students all working in different groups, and it really reminded me of my own, you know, design education, design training, and I still teach aspects of design nowadays. But it's been a while since I've done designing 
And for anyone who's not familiar with that, you know, it's it's pretty unique and special to see again. You know, people use their hands. <laughs> um, it's very collaborative. It's, it's, it's noisy. It's visual. And, and computers are used, but they're by no means the, the primary tool or a supplemental tool to do some research. And, 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 and I think there's a lot that non-designers can, can get from that type of approach, that more dynamic approach. So I know that a lot of the students that are here this week do have a design background and a design training, but not all, right? Yeah. So you have the Odensea students who are essentially management students. So, you know, how have they found being immersed in the design process in this way? Yeah, I mean, um, most of the Odensea students, uh, we have students here from Glasgow University who, with whom we teach also, who are also from the Management and Business School. Um, and it's very much a sense of uh, the capacity to experiment, uh, to make things special, to work collaboratively to an end that may not be predetermined, that actually that, that itself emerges through the process of collaboration, through the process of the synthesis, synthesis of research and the visualization of the insights that emerge from that, which themselves can then be refined. So I think, without doubt, students who come from a non-design background mm -hmm. find that stretch because it is a new skill set and a, a new application of the existing skills that they have, which they kind of blend with a design approach. But I think when you reach the other side of that, mm. um, there is that they see that they have been um, expanded in their kind of competencies, that they, they have a newfound confidence in their ability to engage with people, to, to test an idea um, through engagement with users or stakeholders, to refine that idea through that process so that, um, you know, they all say it's kind of quick and dirty, you know, yeah, fail fast, fail cheap. But the idea is refined and improved before um, a further resource, none of that resource is just simply time and energy or whether it's money, is poured into it and turned into a product or a service on the other end. So I think they find it a stretch, but I think they find it very rewarding in as much as they see how the design augments the existing skill sets and the, the, the way of viewing the world that management and business schools provide. Yeah. When you say stretch, it's as if it's just, it's, it's like a rite of passage, right? Experiencing the design process. And there is that discomfort for any designer at the beginning of the process, particularly, and then you actually need to get through the other end to actually say, well, that discomfort is there for a reason, and you, you trust in the process. Yeah. And that's the values there, right? Absolutely. I mean, in, in, in a sense, I had the same issues myself. I'm a sociologist by training. So for me, I had a particular sort of methodological um, approach to the world prior to working in design and innovation. Um, but again, it's that sense of, and you can approach that with a certain curiosity, even a reluctance. And I can see that in some of the students when they first engage with the design process. Why do I need to do this? But then, and the only way to get through that and to acquire the confidence in oneself and in the process, as you say, is, is to go through it, to see what emerges on the other end, to see that actually working collaboratively, which the design process facilitates in a way that many processes do not, that you actually have to call on the strengths of the group, which then expand or augment the strengths that you as an individual have. And you can see that you get to places that you would not otherwise get to. And you will see that certain, the standard aversion to risk is reduced. And people have to try things and experiment. And from those experimentations, um, a, a confidence is required and also an appreciation that actually failing is good, failing yeah. is useful um, because it allows you to identify much more clearly where the value of your efforts lie. Um, and when you come through that process, I think students definitely are emboldened. And I think that's great. I mean, as, as someone who works in education, 
see people empowered to do things and to engage with other people in the application of those talents is, is fantastic. It's very rewarding yeah, um, yeah, yeah. For, for the staff. Yeah. Sure. More, you know, more generally, so we're here at Scottish Highlands, officially Morayshire, you know, malt yes. whiskey country, which is very attractive for many yes. people around the world. Um, and we're in a kind of special area, you know, we have the Finhorn community just a couple of miles from here. Mm-hmm. And a lot of your work here is using the power of design and innovating for some of the constraints of this part of the country, which is a bit more remote, you know, less population, um, perhaps less infrastructure, uh, you know, more of a squeeze in public services, perhaps. Um, but I guess there's also a positive side as well. You know, many people from the UK move here. So for you as a designer and innovator, um, in the years that you've been working here, you know, what is the value? What is the, the added value that you can get from this part of the country? Well, there's two things. There's, there's, there's kind of value for us and hopefully the value that we bring. I mean, we're working here with Highlands and Islands Enterprise. So it's a fairly unique partnership with the regional enterprise agency who are committed um, to bringing not only economic uh, wealth and regeneration to the area, but also kind of cultural regeneration in order that the population who are living here are able to enjoy that quality of life that you mentioned, you know, the, the fresh air, um, the good water, uh, the, the, uh, the internet speeds that are actually higher than those in the city. The good water, of course, being important for the malt whiskey. It's very important for all things, right? <laughs> Um, and they also make good beer up here. But, so there is a sort of quality of life that comes from, if you like, nature. And then there is a sense of, I guess, community that also comes from much uh, not living in this city. There aren't very many cities up here. And you, what you've got up here are people who are quite widely dispersed. So there's a lot of freedom. There's a lot of landscape to enjoy. Um, the highlands and islands of Scotland are 52% of the Scottish landmass, but they only have 11% of the population. So in that sense, there is quality of life. But there are also challenges that come with that. So how do you identify ways in which the challenges of living in the Highlands offer up opportunities both for the people who live here and for people in the central part of Scotland? So one of the challenges that we had was um, and we work we have a digital health institute based on the campus here in, in, in Forest. Um, and that's funded by the Scottish Government as and it's the only innovation centre that's out with the central belt. The, one of the premises being if healthcare can be mediated by digital technology here in the Highlands, it will work in cities. And the reverse isn't necessarily true. So um, in, in kind of design parlance, we're up here being extreme users. You know, we're, we're testing things in an environment that is perhaps more challenging than the everyday, but if it works here, it will be reverse engineerable back into other people's lives. I think the other thing we've been here is um, it, it's brought a certain awareness of how communities and indeed enterprises can make a request of an art school because they now have an art school on their doorstep and people are coming to us saying, so how do we approach the circular economy? Or how do we um, take an approach like uh, creative clusters and apply it into our local area to start to create value for the citizens and stakeholders and the, the local enterprises that fund people's lives in this area? So it's, it's a working process. Uh, we've been here... Um, for about six or seven years now. We've been on the new campus for just over one year um, and we're sort of bedding in now. We're starting to extend ourselves from the Western Isles, the Hebrides, up to Orkney and Shetland. We've introduced things like innovation fellowships where we identify small-scale enterprises who need design and who need that kind of creative space to think in a totally different way that allows them to step back from the simple productive enterprise 
So it's been a, in the case of us, being here, enjoying the, the quality of life that, that's here, but also enjoying the opportunity to input into that local economy and into kind of civil society here for the better. So hi, Katrin. Uh, you're, you're here with 12 students from Odensea Business School. That's correct, yeah. So what do they get from design? Why do you give them exposure to the design process? Well, it's a, it's a good question because uh, I think that, um, you know, I, I believe management has got to, um, to rethink itself somehow. And I think that design probably can help us uh, re redesign somehow, I think, uh, management. So what I'm hoping to get, and I know that I will get from uh, being here in, in the Highlands and uh, with Glasgow School of Art, uh, we've, we, we designed actually this, this program. The students are on a program which is called the uh, Master in Management and Entrepreneurship in the Creative Economy. And we, 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 we've you know, designed this program together with Glasgow School of Art. So they get actually uh, free uh, design projects during their curriculum which is more than any other you know, management students would probably get. Um, and what we, we get from that is that we, we are asking students to be thinking differently, different, thinking from a different perspective. Because obviously, uh, as you know, uh, you know, the way we teach management, uh, I think is still very traditional and uh, in terms of uh, the delivery, for instance. Um, so, uh, you know, if you look at the way design students are being taught, you know, the studio culture, for instance. Um, it's something that we would really like to, uh, to take and make ours. So can you teach, for instance, management um, in a studio environment? That's a really interesting question for us. Um, and also um, the, the way, um, you know, students are being given uh, projects with briefs um, again, that's not something which is very common for um, management students. So for them, it's also a new way of being taught and a new environment, a new teaching environment. Um, what we get as well uh, is that obviously being here in the Highlands with Glasgow School of Art and you know, design students from uh, Singapore, from Cologne, uh, from uh, Copenhagen, um, students, you know, students from Odensea Business School are actually being uh, surrounded by students who have got a design background. And so um, they, they can, and we have seen that during the first week already, that our students are being very much influenced by the way the design students are working, the way they present things, um, the way they uh, do their um, research, for instance. And we have seen already our students evolving very quickly, seeing how design students are working. And what I found really, really uh, interesting and rich is the fact that the design students came to do some crits, you know, with our students. And again, crits is not something that management students get. So the design students came and their perspective and their point of views were really rich and enriching what the management students were trying to do. So, you know, I could go on and on about all the advantages of trying to mix the two traditions. And I guess what would be really nice in the second week is if our management students now could also bring something in a different angle to the design students. Um, and, and I think design students would, would actually probably enjoy that.
in, in a way, it's kind of preparing them for the future of work, right? So exactly. They're going to graduate and, you know, they've trained in a business school, but they're going to go out into the world where they'll be collaborating with mm-hmm. different disciplines and designers. And, and as you say, the designers need to get the benefit and the different perspective from the management mm-hmm. students also. Mm-hmm. From what you're saying, it seems that a lot of the students are, 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 are assimilating the design experience very readily do, do, do they do you see discomfort initially do you see reluctance or they just dive into something different what was their experience in just that first exposure of, of design that's a, that's a very good question because i think that yes we have seen uh discomfort uh we have seen um you know question questioning why do we have to do that why do we do it like this uh, but, you know, as I said, very, and that's what I like in, in, in this program is that because they get, they're going to get three design briefs, we can see that they are um, getting it somehow, you know, as we go, uh, you know, as we go along during the year. So the first design project they did uh, with the Glasgow School of Art, I think there were lots of why on earth are we doing this and why are we doing it this way. Now we are, you know, in the second project, so I think they understand the why. I think now is the processes which are kind of being kind of questioning and but you can see that they are making progress because you know some of the students said, Oh, you know, Catherine is so good to be explaining our project again and again to so many different people because the more we do it, the more it becomes clearer in our head. Um, so I think they can understand now what the students, design students are doing and why they are doing it. And they are trying to make it theirs now. I think there are still lots of questions. There, are still, there is still big discomfort. But obviously, you know, what we always say to the students is, you, here you are in a you know a very safe environment, so it's okay to to feel discomfort, and in a way probably it's a and you know a very traditional way of uh, students to say things. Oh, I I feel confused, and you know usually when they say I feel confused, it's like it's your fault. I'm feeling confused. Now students, um, our students are saying, oh, you know, Catherine, I feel confused, but I I, I feel happily confused, and that's a big progression. So. Even for us, you know, if at the end of the, 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 the year, even if our management students come to us and they say, you know, I'm happy now with confusion. And we know that the world of work is all about confusion and chaos and, and being able to be in that, you know, funny space where you don't really know what's happening and lots of things are coming your way and you've got to, to manage them and balance them. I think if at the end, you know, this year, the students say, you know, I, I am happy with confusion, uh, I think then we have done quite a good job. So hi, Philippe. Um, so what do you think of the, the Scottish Highlands? It's the first time that you're here at the Glasgow School of Art campus in the forest. So what's your experience so far? Uh, what I experienced is a great environment uh, for two things. And the first one, not the first time I was here, my first ever visiting UK was in Venice. <laughs> uh, so, and I should say also, as an artist, uh, I was, for years, I have been in touch with artists coming out of the Glasgow School of Art, which has a very uh, good reputation internationally. And um, yeah, I, I have a close friend that, that, that came out of this, or 
or friend of friends. And so I knew that image, I had this picture of Scotland and this part of Scotland being a place where things are really thought about in a very clever way about arts, but not only arts, because I was in a very specific field of arts when you are trying to, to develop what could be a relationship between arts and business, or let's say business and no one. Uh, and they were, those people were investigating those kind of areas, how you could perform installations or involve people into art works in a way or another that could change their way of being together or producing together. And that's for now, more than 15 years has been the case. So I had this picture that here things are happening in this, in this way. And of course it was also related to the old tradition, UK tradition of community art. You can even go back to arts and crafts movement where there is the thinking about uh, art are here to change society or to do something with people in order to try to move society forward. Yeah, so do you think that is one of the keys? Because, you know, we are out of the urban centre or the main urban centre of the country and, and people may have a picture of what this region looks like, you know, a bit more remote, comprom compromised perhaps in terms of, you know, even public services or things going on. But does it mean that people are more, I don't know, collaborative? Can we get down to those societal movements like, you know, arts and crafts? I mean, is it, is it something that we could be inspired by nature, perhaps? Or what, what, what are some of the, the keys of just being out of the urban centre? Well, that's a tricky question because I have no clue for that. It's really a mystery for me. Uh, I think, yeah, the remoteness is probably something very important. You find this in small countries like Denmark, even Switzerland, but... The, Remote because they are small so, or isolated in a way or another. So I think remoteness is very yeah, is a factor. Nature, probably. It's very new for me because it's not that sure that, that, that for two or three years now I have, I'm meeting again and again the fact that uh, there is a relation between the relation to nature or closeness to nature and an ability to, to rethink uh, organizations. That's strange for me. I, uh, I, cannot, uh, I cannot develop on that. Uh, I could tell also, because this is very personal, I think that the climate, there is something that is um, pushing you to, to be in a way very active and very quiet at the same time. Something like this. And uh, probably it has something to do. It, yeah. Weather can be tough, really tough here. It can be very boring. It is beautiful at the same time, but as if you have to to deal with that, you have to to be at the same level of uh, efficiency and the same confusion and uh, kind of uh, yeah, equivalence. But, but that's really hypothetical. I won't tell anything for sure. But in fact, also that there is a Fintron community here. I just investigated to know more. It's also very interesting because there is this. Um, conviction that in this part of the world, maybe things can be experimented differently. That is exactly what I met here in the campus, this new campus is, I was talking to them, it could be the new Black Mountain College. Uh, this is for me, a, a place, or the new Bauhaus, a place where 
You don't know why it happens, but there is a convergence of different factors, and you have everything gathered in favor of maybe a new way of thinking and improving things and experimenting and, and a very, very um, high uh, benevolence and openness and benevolence. Thank you.